the plan is as of right now to be able to reach out to individuals uh, so that as they are waiting for their unit to arrive, even if even if they haven't participated in the pre-order and there's individuals who are just interested in learning more about this new Gravity Defiant, they'll be able to tune in on this. Uh, it's not part of the Paramotor podcast, but it, it will be hosted on, you'll be able to access it through Facebook from Gravity's uh, Facebook page directly or they can go to the Paramotor Podcast. It'll all be the same show, but uh, different ways to access it. One way to to reach out, which is pretty straightforward. Um, there's been a lot of discussion. Uh, as mentioned, this is Sean Witt, uh, co-owner of Gravity Paramotors with Garrett Reed. Garrett Reed is, is currently working, as I imagine he has been every single day, on getting this uh, Gravity Defiant uh out the door to the customers. There's still a little bit of work to go to make sure that individuals get um, the best product, an uncompromised gravity defiance. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of talk. Definitely. And let's and let's not forget the the great almighty Bill. Bill. So, yeah. I, so Bill. Blue, is it blue hair? Mr. Blue hair at the endless <laughs> foot drag hair. this last week. Blue hair Bill. How did that go? You were at endless foot drag. I heard that there was a pretty awesome turnout considering that coronavirus is taking place. I know that Clint, one of the individuals who is usually on the podcast, uh, got to see the Gravity Defiant. He phoned me up. He says, wow, this thing's really impressive. I'm thinking about getting one. Um, did you meet a lot of people while you were out there? Well, I mean, first, you know, given with everything that was going on this year, you know, you kind of had low expectations how the show was going to turn out. Right. So first of all, big shout out to the city of Fredonia. Like they once again rolled out the red carpet and it was a fantastic event for everybody. And also to Michael Holiday, you know, he works year round to try and make sure that event goes down. You know, we have a close relationship. He's, he's always stressing over it and I'm always telling him it's going to be great. And, and this year it was an except, it was exceptional. I think there was a over 200, over 200 pilots there this year, all social distancing in the air, social distancing in the air, having a, <laughs> having a great time. Yeah, right so, on. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so incredible event, incredible time, you know, pretty good weather too. So I, I, I can't find any faults with the event. We, we hope to be back there next year. Right on. Yeah, you'd mentioned, you'd mentioned that some people who came to your booth were like, kind of like surprised that you'd actually had a grab. Oh, uh, you know, I, I, I'll admit it, your marketing uh, in the past, you know, just, just informing individuals that there is this gravity paramotor out there. Uh, I don't know. I think what you were saying is that some people saw the gravity tent and were kind of surprised that there is a gravity par- or a paramotor called a gravity. Um, when you, when you say marketing, probably the correct answer is what marketing um, right. it's, it, it, and it's it's an honest failure. It's it's not a good failure, but it's an honest failure in our company not to market as well as we should be. You know, you look back to you know you always gravitate towards your strengths, and anybody that gets to know any of us uh, at the Gravity HQ and Glider Sports and everything in between. You know, we're really big on execution, and and, gra- and marketing hasn't been one of our strong suits. Right. So, and we're we're hoping to change that here in the future, especially where we're going to change that here in the future with the the launch of the Defiant and and really look to connect with our customer base, customer service, and kind of all those things we've been we've been known for over the years. Right. Hmm. So, hopefully, hopefully, I can help out with that. And of course, yeah. like the incentive, the incentive for me is is that we've known each other for like a couple of years now, and you're a military veteran and. As far as paramotoring is concerned, there's not a lot of activity in the United States. And so 
being that I'm a veteran myself, uh, I don't know, I gravitate <laughs> towards <laughs> veterans. Uh, and, and so I not only want to see more activity taking place in the United States, but I mean, I really, I mean, I, I do really like you. I like Garrett. I like the team you have. I like blue hair bill. Uh, there's, there's, um, something special about gravity and it seems like, um, I don't know, just a preface this, like whenever I'm out at the field, some people ask like, well, what's the incentive for you? It's like when I'm out at the flying field and somebody comes like racing up in their car and they ask, Hey, how do I get into that? And then it always leads to the cost. And the cost is, is like one of the greatest deterrents for so many people being able to get into it. I mean, realistically to have like a, what's the word disposable money? Like at the end of the month, uh, a lot of people can't. And so aside from the fact that I like you guys, I love that you served in the army as, as an attack helicopter pilot, you're creating a product that a lot of people have already bought into that is at a price point that is now within reach for a lot more people, which is exciting. But then the question is, after seeing the product, you know, we've been communicating and then you and Garrett were like, hey, we're going to send you out one if you'd like to make a video on, on what we have so far. And I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And then I get it. I unbox it. I'm like, people can actually get this for that price. And it's and it's exciting. And then I'm inundated with messages. I can't imagine how many messages you guys receive. And uh, I don't have all of the answers. So welcome to Gravity Connect. This is hopefully <laughs> where we can, uh, get, you know, connect with all of you in a way where you and Garrett and Bill can keep your heads, um, you know, in the game of getting the product completed while being able to uh, answer some questions. No, we want to, I greatly appreciate all the positive things there. I think we've tricked you for the time being, so hopefully we can keep (laughs) tricking you in the future. But (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah, you know, just gravity as a whole, just all the brands, it's, it's kind of, it's obviously a passion for us and it's been a long journey, you know, and as we tell that story over the coming months, I think people are really kind of, get to see behind the curtain of, of how much work we put into it. You know, it's always been a goal of maintaining it as an American company as much as we can and delivering a phenomenal product at a price that, you know, us mortals can afford. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've, we've just, we've seen the prices go up, you know, through the roof on some of the brands and it's a big ask of somebody to spend, you know, over 10,000, 15,000 bucks to get into a sport when they've, when they've never even done it before. Right. And so our, our goal is to reduce that product or excuse me, reduce that price without reducing the quality of the product. And it's it's not an easy challenge, you know, especially for us three guys there. We work incredibly hard to do it. And we we think the Defiance is going to be one of those products that's going to allow people to to get into the sport, but get something that's going to last them more than more than the weekend or a hard butt landing. Yeah, no kidding. And speaking of hard butt landings, that was one amongst many questions to come in after I had shared that video showing the pre-production of the Gravity Defiant. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of comments, and by vast majority positive. Some people have their concerns because there's this tank that appears to be exposed. Um, of course, this design is very unique in that the fuel tank, it's it's built into the paramotor, almost like uh, a fuselage of an aircraft contains the fuel within the aircraft itself, uh, I guess, without having this external tank. It's still an external tank, but it's all like, I don't know, how would you describe it, what people well, are going to get? 
I think the first thing I'd put out there is I think it's okay for customers to be skeptical. In fact, it would probably alarm me if they weren't because it's, it's a radical departure from what a lot of other paramotors have done in the past. Uh-huh. You know, I always tell customers just like when I was given a class at endless foot drag, you know, first two rules of getting in the paramotor and just never trust a dealer and, and damn sure never trust a manufacturer, yeah, no you kidding. know, getting, getting your hands on equipment is, it's invaluable at the money you're going to spend. You know, it's like you don't go buy a Yamaha dirt bike without at least, you know, going to the showroom and looking at it to some right. degree. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, we, you know, we welcome questions. You know, sometimes I can't answer them as quick as I, um, as I want to. Mm-hmm. And, and furthermore, those questions also get the, the thought, the thought wheels turning in our head if we're missing the mark on some things. And so I never want customers to hold back on questions or comments because they feel like they're going to offend us because, those questions is what helps us get to like the next point, you know, or the next breakthrough per se. For sure. Uh, to get back on your original question on, on strength, it's when we made it, we were able to replicate some of the parts, you know, to, you know, to help really shorten the R and D time by using additive manufacturing, 3d printing. Right. Uh, we can only replicate the plastic so much with the 3d printing. You never really get a true, you know, copy of what a molded part will be. And so when we made our estimates of what we thought we would need to have based on a 3D print, you know, mm-hmm. that's what, you know, the original design was and kind of what we're hoping to. What we found when we got the first product was it was far stronger than even I anticipated. Um, you know, that was one of our goals is to reduce what we call the charge weight, right. i.e. that's the amount of plastic they put in the mold during the molding process. And so like the tank you have, I think it's around nine, 10 pounds of plastic in there. Um, some of that is due to the mold break-in process, them figuring out the best way to heat and cool the mold to control the plastic flow. But uh, it has ex- exceeded our expectations. As I'm sure the customers at the Endless Foot Drag saw, like, you know, we had the couple of, of frame-only uh, machines there where they're able to bend on them, twist on them. They, strength-wise, they, they far exceeded our expectations. Yeah. So what what, what was the results of that? <laughs> well, we're, we're currently pulling the charge weight down as we speak. The mold's actually running today, actually. And so we are kind of, and I guess to give more information on that, what we'll do is we'll run one in there, and then we'll cut one in half, and then make sure that we've got good coverage of plastic at all the correct areas that we want it to have. Right. And there's some proprietary voodoo magic in there that, that we do that we kind of came up with in this project mm-hmm. to be able to get a extremely, ex- extremely strong, you know, frame design, i.e. The, the fuel tank. Okay. So layman's terms, when you just say this charge weight, the yeah. charge weight would be the amount of product, this case being this uh, specialty plastic that yep. you've used the voodoo magic with that gets injected into this mold. And so by reducing the weight of the uh, the plastic, the amount, then you can, you'll obviously reduce the weight of the tank itself, the tank, the fuselage. I refer to it as, it's like the fuselage, it, it tickles my fancy. Um, yeah. It is a tank, but that's that's essentially one of the areas in which you intend to reduce the overall weight is by reducing the weight of this um, body itself. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And it's it's a roto-molded design, i.e. they put powdered plastic in there and they put it in a big giant oven and they, they turn it around for a certain length of time and then it comes out, they pop the mold out and then, then let it cool. And we'll be showing some photos of this on our Facebook. I think there's already some there because mm-hmm. we, we think it's important to the customers to be transparent like how's this product being made. 
type deal. And so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to show that and, and be transparent with it. And to add some more to that, if anybody, I know anybody that's been close to me in the past, especially if they paid attention to the kind of the generations of the Phi as they came out and came to market, I have a tendency to over-design mm-hmm. because safety is, is so important to me. Right. Um, I just, I say this all the time, like nobody that I know of is getting paid to do this sport. And so it should, for enjoyment is key. And I think it's very difficult to enjoy flying a paramotor if you don't feel safe. For sure. And I never want to get a call, you know, knock on the biggest piece of wood I can find of, you know, of a, of a part failing and somebody getting hurt. And so I always err significantly to the side of safety, significant safety factors in design. And then we start bringing those down. And so the initial frames are obviously a little fat, a little heavier than we wanted. But they're still, you know, they're still competitive even on the market now. But it kind of gives us a good solid baseline to start bringing that weight down, start peeling that material away as we start to learn more about the product. But I just, I can't sacrifice on safety. I just can't look customer in the face and do that. I'm going to run with that. So that was one of the other questions that came in on on the YouTube video. I'll see if I can attach a link to the video. Uh, and then people can reference the comments themselves to see that their, their questions are being answered. But the question I'm specifically referring to is, uh, it seemed as though some people were wondering if the arms rip off, <laughs> do they do they fall to the earth? The, the way that this gravity defiant is designed has these CNC'd aviation grade aluminum, right? Yep. That go into the body of this. I don't know if we can say aircraft. Are these concerns valid, or is there is there something that would prevent them from being ripped out, or are they just like so really so strong? It's hard for the average person to really understand that that's not going to happen. Well, I, you know, given my eleven years in the military and your time, like I never say never. You know, there's always stuff that happens. Right. And there's been issues in the past where arms have separated on other manufacturers' frames. Um, you know, that's a whole nother conversation where it was a customer or the, the frame manufacturer's fault. But what's important is that it's separated and it's a, at the very least, it's a significant emotional event, uh, to say the least, because it's going to introduce a ton of weight shift into the wing. And right. if you can control it, you know, bad news bears. Um, with our design, we obviously had the safety strap on the defy that if the arm were to separate, you should only receive a couple of additional inches of, of weight shift. And so the design should still be flyable for you to get to the ground. And our test of showing that, I mean, it's not, you're not going to want to continue flying, but it's, it turns into what we call in the army aviation land as soon as possible type situation. I.e., it's uh, time to get the aircraft on the ground and, and walk away and, and fix it as right. time allows. Uh, with the defiant design, we have a solid back brace that goes across. So both the arms are, are connected together with uh, very heavy aluminum or heavy duty strength wise aluminum, 775 T6. Okay. And then we retain the same safety strap design that we had from the defy that should an arm separate, um, the, the pilot should be reasonably safe to get the, get the aircraft on the ground. On top of all of that, we've done significant strength testing through simulations and CAD software to real world destruction testing to where that arm peg design that we have, it survived. I think the last pressure test we did was three to four thousand pounds of pressure on a single arm. Have you had any um, potential client or or customer who's weighed three to four thousand pounds? So we've had some, we've had some big boys uh, slam them into the ground, and those uh, those arms survived. And the most violent, I guess, uh, 
impact or testing we've had on that joint to date is we had a customer who was doing an infinity tumble and then came out on a poor exit and basically took a directional side load from the side via reserve toss at a, you know, I'd probably say near 60, 70 miles an hour. And I didn't think it would survive and it did survive. It not only survived, we had minimal bendage on one of the arms. It was, it was kind of incredible. Yeah. No kidding. It's a massive strain. Oh, it's, it's an incredible amount of strength. I mean, I'm surprised the reserves stayed together. You know, a lot of reserves are, you know, paragliding reserves, paramotor reserves are not designed to take a, a terminal hit. Right. And uh, the guy, the frame was a little busted up, but the important thing was he was able to walk away. And uh, that frame is, is still flying to this day. No so kidding. We, huh. we, replaced, we replaced the arms with some of the stress components, but uh, it's still it's still going to this day. I wasn't aware that the arms were connected. Is it through the plastic that are connected with metal? So the back brace on there is the where the um, arm pegs go into the receiver sections. Right. That entire structure is connected together. And then the way it's, it's pinned together to where the joint... Uh, with the quick release pin there, the joint's actually not the weak point, the weakest section. It's actually the material, so the joint exceeds the nice. the material strength. Like a like a good weld is stronger than yeah. the material itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Huh. So yeah, and well, I guess one extra point I can add on there too is the replacement cost with this uh with this you know fuselage as you call it the plastic tank. It's it's going to be significantly cheaper to replace in a welded frame. Right. Um, a lot less more, time consuming to make once it's all said and done. Yeah. And it allows us to achieve what I consider more manufacturing consistency because that plastic is coming from the same mold every time to where it's, it's not impossible, but it's more challenging to get a frame to weld, the, weld together the exact same or really depends on the welder and, you know, some other uh, factors in the manufacturing process. Mm. And so having that repeatable process really lets us start to dial in a lot of the other uh, parts that attach to the frame to get a frame that fits really, really well together. You know, I've, I've said this on other podcasts, but my, my dream is to like have the fit and finish of like a, a KTM, a Honda, you know, a Yamaha, Suzuki. I got to say all the brands there so I don't get in trouble. But, uh, (laughs) It, that that level of manufacturing, like when somebody looks at it, I want them to like when they get it home in their garage, I want to be like, man, I couldn't build this, and it's amazing, and I I feel like I got every cent of my money's worth. Is is it's my goal, Garrett's goal, and, and Bill's goal. Yeah, so for it warms, sure. Warms our heart. Warms our heart. So okay, let's move on to some of the the questions that were asked uh, in the videos. Some of the questions I think you received and some of the questions that I received on the Paramotor podcast. I mean, people seem eager, like I, I didn't tell them to message the Paramotor podcast, but people are just wanting to know some questions. So the, the question I got this morning was whether these will be able to be shipped overseas, places like England, Australia, even Portugal. Uh, will this be possible? Yes. In the, in the future, it will be Um Taking care of our customer base is, is critical to us, especially customers that have already given us money. And so our 100% priority right now is the pre-order customers. Um, that's why we've been a little bit lax on communication is, you know, we are wanting to get this frame over the line into the pre-order customer's hands. We're very appreciative of the essentially the investment that they gave us as a pre-order customer to help get this project over the line. And so that's our 100% focus. Um, we are looking for international dealers. So if dealers are interested, if 
overseas if they want to go to gravityparamotors.com slash become a dealer. That's gravityparamotors.com slash become a dealer and fill out an application. We, we will get back to you because, you know, having solid, good representation overseas is important to us for parts delivery, feedback, feedback loop, all the important things that it takes to make a solid, uh, solid product. And assembly, right? Because yeah, yeah. that was also another, another uh, thing, thing that I could have highlighted more, even more. I think I mentioned it. However, like these, these kits, when people get them, they're going to build this aircraft in its entirety, which in, in, in my opinion is, is a great thing, especially if you're new to the sport, especially if you're new to the sport. Um, to be really acquainted, just familiar with all the ins and outs of, of the components that go together in your aircraft. Can you touch on that as far as the assembly briefly, what the, the individuals can expect when they receive it? Yeah, so we're, we're still kind of working through that to see which parts we're going to have the customers assemble and which ones we're not going to um, until we get a better understanding of what the basic user level it can safely assemble themselves. And so, but the goal is, is, and that helps us reduce the cost, obviously, is have the customer put this paramotor together. And we've also found about half the customers do want to put it together. And so as long as they can put it together safely, like we're, we're all for it. And, you know, part of that uh, safely part is we need to provide good documentation, videos, and also support to, to help in that process. Right. And so, <clears throat> yeah, something I noticed is that in, in uh, similar to, to, paramotors in the ultralight world is an example there's this this ultralight called the aerolite 103 and they had originally been assembling them for their customers and then customers were reaching out and saying can i actually build it myself so so i can see how there's a lot of interest in individuals to do this like build it yourself uh kit and it'll be interesting to see how well the um recipients of these gliders the the, the customers can assemble them and I'm sure a lot of it will come down to the amount of material that's very comprehensible uh, can aid them in that process and so yeah, yeah. we will uh, we'll we probably be over communicating with the the pre-order customers to get that feedback back from them of like hey what was challenging what was too easy what was too hard to kind of help us dial in exactly what the correct level of assembly is. But at the same time, that's something that we're going to heavily rely on our dealer network is to be able to put the frame together for the customer. They're going to do that for an additional fee, but they, you know, if a customer doesn't have the time or just wants somebody else to do it, like that dealer is going to be able to provide that frame essentially ready to fly. Right on. Um, And it's not, I mean, as you've seen it in the videos and the customers will see it, it, you know, when people look at the Defy, our previous paramotor or other paramotors, there's a lot of assembly with this one. There's there's not a lot of assembly with it. It's 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 pretty simple for that reason. Right. Right. Cool. On to the next question is, will it be possible to transport the Defiant on a hitch rack? Absolutely. This was a question that me as a designer, I didn't really find when we really went back into the sign to Defy, like it wasn't a... I had a truck and I throw it back in the truck and like, that's the way I, I carried it. You know what I mean? And as we started getting questions over the years, I, you know, you kind of learn things running a business, running, you know, designing is that you got to take customer input in. And this was a big concern of ours when we went to build a defiant is we knew it had to be able to be adapted to a hitch carrier. Hmm. And we also wanted to be able to adapt it to a, um, to a trike as well. 
And so if you look at the bottom of the defy or excuse me, the defiant, um, there is these two plastic straps that act as runners to help, uh, to help reduce the amount of abrasion as the paramotor, uh, slides across the ground to reduce wear on the tank. Right. But those have been significantly overbuilt for AKA another reason, uh, because that's going to be where the hitch carrier attaches to allow for transport. I plan on releasing some photos. I hate giving times cause I always potentially blow through them, but I plan on releasing those frame or photos of that hitch carrier probably late next week. Sweet. Uh, okay. On to the next one, uh, is there seems to be a lot of interest on how well the defiant would hold up to a super hard butt landing. Is this something that you guys are actually, are, are testing for like and, and what's your expectation in the event that you know these will ultimately have some butt landings it's difficult to test because you don't want to hurt you know i don't want to get hurt garrett doesn't want to get hurt and bill doesn't want to get hurt mm. and so there's some things we can simulate uh through hard landings you know simulated hard landings other manufacturers have done with it but you know, I'm not going to take a me or an employee or anything else and slam them into the ground to like complete destruction. You know, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Uh, that being said, the data that we have so far based off, you know, being able to put our hands on the equipment, make some engineering assumptions based off the Defy or previous model is that it, it will fare very, very well. The back hoop support is, you know, that's probably the weakest link is not the actual tank is the bottom hoop, which the paramotor stands on. Right. It's probably the weakest portion, but even that is, I mean, as you see in your design that you have there, it, it is very stout and very strong, mm. but that's also a very cheap part to replace by design as well. And so, um, you know, because that's nothing's worse than slamming and, you know, tripping on takeoff. I've done it, uh, you know, missing, miss time in the flare and, slamming down on your butt, you know, something like that. Or coming in heavy on the left or the right, and then the, the hoop section makes contact first. Yeah, and so with our design, with that modularity, you can replace that part, and it's not like a bent back frame. You get essentially the same paramotor you got when it was new, and to me that's magical because nothing... I'm a neat freak. I, I like everything to stay in its new condition. I'm the guy that takes the plastic, it takes forever to take the plastic off of it. <laughs> so I love that. I love that with the frame is that, Hey, it gets a little worn. Like you can replace the part and it's, it's back to new again. Speaking of replacing the part, uh, somebody had messaged on the YouTube video, the netting system that you've selected for the defiant is a high strength material. That said, if the netting were damaged, how would one go about repairing this, uh, design? being that the net is permanently fixed to the hoop section. So if you notice, there's a cable or a very high strength sailing rope, uh, extremely, it's like 2,000 pound plus strength on the rope. It's incredibly strong. That circles that net, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's sewn there at the bottom. So if you were to have a net failure, we can provide a net um, and you'll have to restring the net, which is sounds more challenging than it is, you know, because you won't have to redo any of the rivets or anything like that. You'll just have to replace that piece where the rivets are on that hoop section. Okay. Um, the rivets that we use in there are, are actual steel Cherry Max rivets, and they're very difficult to drill. And we've also accounted that accounted for that in our price uh, for a hoop uh, section replacement. That's why we keep that cost so low. Is is we want customers to replace that, not try to repair it themselves, because there's a lot of tension on that net, as you saw, to make it a safer paramotor. Right. Yeah, and you really you can really crank down 
yeah. on the netting. Um, and, it, and it does feel very strong. Yeah. And then the netting too, it can, we also have the netting string itself, obviously. And so sometimes a customer, if they want, you can actually do a pretty good repair job with this, some string and then tying the knot, then tying the knot together, uh, you know, to re kind of repair the netting by hand. I've had some customers do that and it'd be hard pressed for somebody to look at it to see if it's not been done that way. But we are, um, we are coming up with several options for the customers. You know, you never want to make a customer's decision for them. And so, you know, the cheap way they can restring it, do it all themselves, or we can send a replacement net for a little bit more money. I guarantee it'll be cheaper than, you know, some of the other offers on the market there, or, you know, kind of an in-between option to uh, hundreds of dollars. I mean, literally hundreds. Uh, I've, I've replaced nets in the past and I know that the, you know, the design process, it's not like they're necessarily trying to make, uh, you know, turn a buck on you, but it's just an expensive component of to do a net right, it's very challenging because if you look at the way ours curves underneath there, the size has to be adjusted for those hoops. So it's not like you can go buy like a tennis net and cut it out and circle it around there. I, I wish we could. That'd be really easy. <laughs> we have to. We have a custom jig for that net to make the net relatively the same every time so it gets that real clean fit around there. There's no net stringing away at the bottom, anything like that, and it stays nice and tight right. to prevent, you know, i.e. your hand going through. So is this, is this perhaps something individuals who purchase this can expect to see on these video tutorials is something like in the event that your string breaks, ah, there's a video for that. We're going to walk you through the steps of repairing your net. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it may not be the first video we do. We want to make sure the assembly goes well, but that, <laughs> the first that video, is, how to repair a net. <laughs> yeah. How do I put it to together (laughs) no we plan on doing a bunch of uh we we don't plan we are going to do a bunch of uh videos to help with those processes and the same time too we i don't want to be arrogant as a manufacturer and say i know all the answers and so i really hope we get good feedback from the customer base of what they want videos on and we'll make it like you know it may not be the best video but we'll make you a video go to gravity connect on the paramotor podcast and go to the contact page and if you have ideas like it, when you were assembling your paramotor assuming you've already owned one and there was something that you feel you could be benefited by like a tutorial add that in there it's really easy it'll take you less than a minute to drop that suggestion in there and uh yeah start start creating this this uh idea of where the video tutorials can go that way the user experience that's also very important is that the users would be able to um have what they would consider not necessarily like super simple but like every step of the way they felt like they didn't get hung up and couldn't find the answer so yeah the feedback feedback you know through the email systems through the gravity connect on the podcast facebook we'll 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 take it so the big question individuals who have pre-ordered the defiant are clearly excited and and most of them want to know when they can expect to receive their unit aka all caps where is my paramotor <laughs> yeah, so, yeah yeah no um fair fair enough and that's something that you know we just didn't necessarily have some of the answers ourselves, and so not out of a lack tra- lack of transparency is like i never want to give false information to a customer um I don't want to use this as an excuse, but the COVID delays has affected, you know, every manufacturing and, and we're not outside of those. For sure. Yeah. Our, our biggest holdup right now is the plastic molded tank, AKA fuselage, as you call it, yes. is delivery of those. Um, I actually had to stop the mold break in process and, you know, 
can I say the word threaten on the podcast? Yes. I had to threaten uh, to get them to run us three tanks because it was very important for us, to, for customers that came to Endless Foot Drag to be able to see, touch it, put their hands on it. Mm-hmm. And so when we did that, it delayed us a little bit, but, you know, I really wanted to take a look at it, know where we're at, you know, be able to honestly look at customers in the face and Endless Foot Drag and say like, hey, we're proud of this and we're going to deliver this. And so right now, I think today they are molding tanks today, assuming everything goes well. Um, we should start receiving tanks late, late, late next week. And then we will begin reaching out to customers to kind of give them the options on what do they want to do on receiving their paramotor. Hmm. And when I say COVID issues, you know, it's either them keeping the plan open, being able to have the, the right, enum, right amount of people in there and even getting the workforce back. You know, it's just... You don't think about these things when you go into manufacturing, but there's all these additional challenges in the running a business now that, you know, to be maintain social distancing, you know, you can't necessarily have two dudes right next to each other, you know, or dudes, a gentleman running the machine, you know. Right. And so there's all these different things that everybody's trying to account for. And, and unfortunately, the byproduct of that is extended time. Right. You did mention you, you mentioned um, uh, customers being given the option. Yeah. Uh, what is what does that mean? So in, as Garrett and Bill would say in standard Sean with fashion, I always build everything too strong. Mm-hmm. And also to get parts here as quickly as possible, i.e. give customers the option to get a machine that may be a little bit heavier, but also more durable. We see and seed a lot of the aluminum parts. And so we have aluminum parts coming in that we're going to give customers that, hey, if you want this paramotor today, i.e. we're going to get it ready to ship out to you, it's going to include the heavier, heavier, more durable aluminum parts in there. That's going to increase. And some, you know, that feedback from customers at the show, a lot of customers wanted that. We're okay with the additional weight. Our, our long-term goal is to move towards the carbon fiber hoop, which is going to provide a significant weight reduction. And then also uh, fiber-infused plastic parts that we've been working on some time. The problem with the fiber-infused plastic parts is it just it's take, taking longer to get them than we expected because they have to basically extrude a giant block of this plastic with the fiber in it, and then we have to go CNC, um, uh, CNC those parts out again. So we will transition to a more traditional mold process in the future, but right now it's just about getting customers their products. And so that's what we'll be reaching out to discuss with customers of like, hey, do you want it now? Do you want to wait for the the lighter weight parts in the future? You know, the less durable parts. And you know, we're all about options here at Gravity. Right. So so for just to make sure I understand correctly, individuals uh, can get the the gravity defined with the components that they originally wanted or they have the option to ha- have something that's even stronger than what was originally intended. Yeah. Or they, or they can wait for the lighter one that will be as strong as it was originally intended. It's just not going to be the superhuman strength. The one that I was beating on in the video. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's a hundred percent correct. And at the same time, we're not going to punish customers if they want to take the aluminum one. Um, We will offer the plastic parts to them at a reduced price when, when they arrive. Um, I just don't want to set unrealistic expectations. And I also know customers are really want to get this machine. And so we're working as hard as we can to provide a pathway for them to do that in a, in a reasonable amount of time. Cool. cool. Um, so we're, we're about to wrap this up for this first one. What are you guys going to be working on 
for the next week. I mean, it's it's not really a question that was asked, but I think it's exciting to know what's taking place. Right now, we're proofing the the build out. So IE Garrett and Bill are back there assembling, assembling frames. I'm going through it with them and we're kind of building the manual. Like, Hey, how are we going to put this thing together? Right. And we're also standing on top of the building, yelling at our manufacturers to get product in. And so the, the molder, I'm sure they love I, hearing I, from you guys, right? Uh, I think they've already blocked my number <laughs> and they're about, probably about to block Garrett's. And so I'm, we have a good relationship with them, but yeah, they're right. They, they hear they a lot hearing. from you. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, we're probably over communicating with them. Right. And so that's what we're working on through this week is that IES parts come in that we are ready to start sending them out so customers can effectively put these things together. Very cool. So it's it's a it's a lot a lot of work, but we're we're really excited about it. Right on. So what the hell's going on with my computer? <laughs> Thanks a lot for taking <laughs> the time to to address all of these questions. Uh, I I ask anybody who's listening to this to feel free to once again go to the contact section on on the Paramotor Podcast, and then next week, uh, Sean and I plan on doing this again, and then for however long it takes to keep this connection between you and where, where you have a way to ask the questions that you want to know. And, um, that way, that way you, Sean and, and yeah. Garrett and Bill can stay focused on delivering as soon as possible. Uh, hopefully the, the listeners appreciate it. I'd also like to hear your feedback and thoughts on, on this form of communication. And, uh, do you have anything else to add, Sean? One, I, I can't say enough how appreciative we are of all the pre-order customers and, and really all the Gravity customers that were out there. Um, it it felt really good to the team. You know, this has been not a not a sprint, but a, a marathon, to say the least, for me, Garrett, and Bill. So to shake some customers' hands at Endless Foot Drag, to get to meet them, to hear their comments, their thoughts, were, I, I can't describe how well it made us feel and, and how important it was for us to get that feedback back you know, so we can make the product better. You know, we, we eat, sleep, dream, bleed, gravity, green, I guess you could say. <laughs> bleed green. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, thoughts, feedbacks, ideas, you know, get back to us. And I may give you a call because I, I, I love talking to customers, but uh, we're excited and I, and I appreciate it. And we're ready to get out there and do some flying on this thing. Sweet. Hey, thank you very much, Sean. Look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, everybody.